Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, otherwise known as The Brain Broad. I'm your story teacher host. And on this show, we like to go where most people are afraid to go, all the way from the question to the answer, beyond awareness and into solutions. But today, I think we're just going to chat and play and tell you about what just happened to me. But before we get into all that, I want to uh, remind you, that we're going to have, okay, 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 it's a great guest giveaway after my first guest. And at the very end of the show, I'm going to try to pull it all together with stories from the road. And when I tell you uh, that I'm going to just sort of chat about what happened to me, I don't mean I'm going to chat all by myself. I do have a wonderful guest coming up. But it begins with the, the story about the event that I just attended. So... I was at an event where I was to speak, and uh, the first people up was a group of Asian uh, special needs people. Some were autistic, some were other disabilities. It looked to me, and we'll talk to our guests and get a clearer picture of it, but it looked to me as if they were all uh, mentally challenged in some capacity or another. And uh, they got up, there were tons of them, (laughs) And they got up and they played instruments. Some of them played keyboards and some had the little triangle to play and shakers to play. And they sang. It was so beautiful. But it was beautiful beyond the normal choir of special needs people because they're all adults and their parents were with them. And their parents were smiling and singing and enjoying and joining in and celebrating in front of the audience. And... I don't think I have ever seen that before, and I travel everywhere. So I was just really touched, and they opened with the song uh, from Sesame Street, uh, Sing, Sing a Song, and it seemed so perfect, and we were all kind of teary-eyed and and amazed and jaw-dropped, and and it was just a a wonderful event from then forward because they set the tone, um, and they set the tone even with the introduction. So a young woman or a mom uh, introduced the whole group and she had such a beautiful thing to say that I went up and said, will you be on my show and will you talk to people about it? And she said, yes, but then she chickened out. She said, oh, I can't do it. I'm not ready. (laughs) But she wrote down for me how she had introduced the group and offered for me to talk with uh, Michael McCarthy, who is what they call the music director of this group. We'll find out all about them. But let me tell you what she said. So here's how she introduced them. I wish I could do a little uh, Asian accent, but I can't, so I'm not going to try. Years ago, we established this music group. The group members have different types of disabilities. This group helps them build their self-esteem and help them and their families connect with the community. Okay, that's kind of regular, right? But listen, stay with me. I pretty much appreciate our families. 
These families are facing different challenges every day, but they do not choose to isolate. They do not choose to self-blame, do not choose to complain. They do not choose to give up. Instead, they choose to advocate for their children. They choose to walk with their children hand in hand. They choose to make things happen. They choose to make things possible. And on this piece of paper, she even wrote who she was, and I hope I say her name right, by Lai Meng Long, mental health clinician of the Asian Community Mental Health Services Facilitator of All Together Now and mother of an autistic individual. And that's exactly how it looked. They choose to be out in the open celebrating with their kids, and it was gorgeous. So welcome, Michael McCarthy. Thank you so much for being willing to speak with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So do you think do you, think you could sort of fill us in a little bit about your group and how it came to be that parents and adult children were all together singing? I mean, it was fantastic. Well, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try and give you the abbreviation. We love stories. This is a story show. Give us the story. Okay. Well, um, I, can, I have to talk from my own perspective um, because I, I had a developmentally disabled child who passed away 10 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And his... His mom, my wife, also passed away that same year. She died of cancer. He died of pneumonia. Wow. And he was 22 years old. He had a translocation of a gene, not uh, any known syndrome like Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was very uh, severely disabled, uh, both developmentally and he also had a lot of physical problems. He had He developed scoliosis. He had epilepsy that was persistent despite medication and uh, it was a big challenge for us and because my my late wife um, was from Japan and didn't speak English very well luckily we got connected with a case manager from Asian Community Mental Health Services which is um, by its name it does a lot more than case management but it does case management for clients of the regional center, which means they're developmentally disabled individuals right. whose, uh, whose families have a native language other than English. So I was um, involved with the, these case managers for decades uh, before I got involved with this music group. And... Um, after my son passed away, let's see, I think uh, the year after my son passed away, I met someone who wanted to produce a music concert to bring a, a group of developmentally disabled musicians from Japan and have them perform here. And uh, in particular, they wanted um, someone who could um, gather some developmentally disabled musicians here to perform along with the, the group from Japan. And, and I've, I, I agreed to do this. Someone asked me to do it, and um, we had the concert. And um, it was wonderful. And the case managers from Asian Community 
mental health services came and, and saw the concert. And after the concert, they asked me if I would help them get a, gr a group going, a music group going for their clients. I thought a little bit about it because I, I knew it was going to take some, a fair amount of my time. But I had been in the position many times in the past where I'd been the beneficiary of people who went, you know, people who were professionals, but who really went beyond the, you know, the call of duty, I thought, you know, and, and did far more than, than their, their salaries mm -hmm. <laughs> warranted, I thought, you know. And so I, I told myself many times, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get an opportunity to give back um, some of what I think I've received, but if I do, then um, I'm going to have to do it. And uh, so I agreed to do it, and it, it, we had a bunch of meetings and, you know, different people with kids who wanted to be in the group and everything um, got involved, and we talked about what we were going to do for a few months, and then we just started uh, doing it. And Well, how did it come to be that parents were also up on stage with the kids. I mean, right. to me, the most this beautiful is just kind and of most evolved. Thing. It's kind of evolved that way because um, from the beginning, we, we decided that parents couldn't just drop off their kids at music group and then come pick them up, them up later, although there are a few cases where we allow them to do that. But in general, we, want the, we wanted the at least one family member to be there with uh, the client. And uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. And it turns out, you know, over time, what we discovered is that um, the music group isn't just for the client. It's for the whole family. The, the, the parents really enjoy it. Um, well, this is the thing, right? This is why we were so touched, because when... When you look up there and you see the parents, it's that thing of where you go, you teach, when you teach, you have to be what it is you're trying to teach. And so if you're trying to teach your child at whatever age to enjoy what they're doing and be smiling and, and yeah. enjoying the music, then you have to do it too if you're up there. And goodness gracious, that's got to turn into something wonderful yeah. for them, but it's wonderful to watch. Yeah, well, I, I agree completely that uh, if, if the if the parent is willing and able to model whatever it is they want their child to do in that music class, then it, it really helps a lot. I think there's also a big effect where the, the clients watch each other. And one of the things we've found is that it's not really in a, a conflict with what I said about parents modeling, but um, if you can get a parent to work with not their own child, but somebody else's child. That works really well, too. That works even better, actually. Yeah, that makes in, sense. In many cases. But I think the kids uh, really get a, a lot out of, it's not just kids, I mean, obviously. No, they're Most of the exactly. people we saw were adults, actually, although yeah. we, we do have some younger um, clients in the group. But um, I think that they, um, they learn a lot from watching each other from their peers. You know, I'm, I'm not a professional musician. I don't have 
any certification in teaching music or special ed or anything like that. Well, thank goodness, because you probably wouldn't have been as great. I'm going to describe you first before you continue on. So what I observed was there you are in the center, center stage, surrounded by all these people, and you had a very relaxed and comfortable style, and you led them. You said, okay, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to get you started, I'm going to do the beginning, and you play the beginning, and then you go, and you count them in, and you tell them, okay, we're going to do the la-la-la-las. So you hold the stage nicely, but in a generous way that really doesn't you know, take over in any way whatsoever and allows them to, as soon as they start participating, truly be a group mm-hmm. and swell with music and, and happiness. It was, you, you had a really nice touch. Well, you know, that's, thank you very much. It's gratifying to hear. It doesn't really come that naturally to me. I get terrible stage fright, and I've just kind of gotten over it recently, you know, just in the last year. Isn't that interesting? You know, what I find is that I, I really have always tried to not play too much, you know, not try and do anything very fancy with my, my guitar, um, but just lay down a chord progression that provides a basis for everybody else to play along. You know, we've experimented with a lot of different um, things. Uh, We've tried playing recorders. We've tried playing ukuleles. We've tried playing a lot more percussion instruments and so on. And I think what you saw yesterday was we we had three keyboards on stage, and when we rehearse, we have five, actually. We use a a Chinese system of musical notation. I think it's called pinyin. And the parents brought it in. You know, I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. But basically, um, from middle C, you number the keys of the keyboard, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then an octave above middle C, you start out with one again. And then um, you write numbers for the music, you know. So ah. the la-la-la goes, you know, I think it's five, five, three, five, six, three, five, oh, five, three, five, six, something like that. You Isn't know? Yamaha do something like that? I remember there Pardon being me? a number system that was brought forward. I think it was Yamaha. Could be. Well, this is a, this is a, it's a Chinese system of music notation. Of course, classical orchestras in China will use Western notation, but parents brought in, they brought in songs they wanted to do, Chinese songs that were notated this way, and I said, you know, let's try it, you know, we put the numbers on the keyboard, and it's amazing um, how it kind of draws in uh, the, the, draws in the interest of, of the clients that we have. So do you think it's easier for them to learn it with the numbers rather than the lettered system? Yeah, definitely. I would think so, since the yeah. letters are yeah. like on the when yeah. you're reading music, they're not even in yeah. order. It's not easy. It's not do. easy to show rhythm with this system. You can sh- there are ways of doing it, but um, it doesn't seem to be very obvious to the people that I'm working with. But it, it's at least enough to get them to, to start playing the the right notes, and then if they play it in context with other people that are playing the same thing accurately, then they learn by rote, you know, how to do the timing right. Wow. And, um, I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous thing. It was a wonderful event to be Well, you know, our performances are usually pretty chaotic, and, and 
I made a lot of mistakes yesterday, and everybody else did to some extent, you know. But okay, the chaos was the beauty, just so you know. So hang on. I have to do a little intro. We're going to come back, and I'm going to get you to describe what you thought was chaos, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I thought it was dancing. Okay. So this is a new spin on autism. Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, sometimes also known as the brain bot. Um, welcome, and remain, make sure you stay all the way to the very end of the show when we have stories from the road. And just before that, we'll have, okay, 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 the great guest giveaway. We are here with Michael McCarthy just chatting a little bit about the musical group that he works with of the families with, uh, well, families of disabled people. So it's the disabled people, the families, it's, all, it's awesome, and, and I saw them perform. Okay, so, Michael... What do you, what were you calling chaos? Because it looked really organized to me. Well, what I mean is um, there's a lot of things that I would like people to do. And, you know, I would like, um, we had, I had five microphones on stage. I was using one. I had four others. I would like them to pass the mic around. You know, we, I talk about this in rehearsal. We practice doing it in rehearsal, you know, so that, when we're singing a song, everybody gets a chance on the mic to sing a verse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen. It almost never happens. You know, pe- people like, it, we all have stage fright and we forget what we're supposed to do. Of course. Uh, what else? Um, but here's you know. the beauty. Like, I used to do shows. When I first started, I'd write these enormous three-hour shows, and there'd really only be an hour and a half, and I'd forget half of it. And afterwards, I'd be worried about it. And people would say, well, but nobody knew what you were supposed to do, so they think that was it. Yeah. And that's really true. We didn't know that you wanted the mic passed around, so as far as we were concerned, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm just trying to try and feature every one of our members. And it's a struggle. You know, it's right. a struggle in performance. It's a struggle in in rehearsal. You know, um, right. the the guy that played the most piano yesterday, I think he he's thirty something. You know, he's one of the older members of the group, and uh, he came to the group with quite a repertoire, and uh, he learned at a Lions Club. Uh, foundation from a blind man he himself is legally blind and his teacher kindly taught him a whole repertoire of songs which really work well for our group and we do almost all of his repertoire well that's wonderful Um, actually you didn't hear any of them yesterday oh that's interesting Um, he has a whole repertoire of christmas songs he'll play one after another and start with the other one the one he started with over again and keep going all day long at the day program that he's in and drives people crazy. But I know how to make good use out of him. You know? That's a good kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, actually, I thought there was a really nice uh, sharing of everyone. I think it's pretty hard to pull off what you're trying to do as far as feature everybody at every um Venue, so maybe that you know you can switch it up as you go venue to venue. But mm-hmm. for example, there was the one girl when you did the the song where you did the signs. Um, it's a small world, I think it was. Um, um, no, I think you're thinking of uh, oh, this little light of my mine. little light of this little light of mine, right? Right. Right. 
So there was a girl there, and I don't think she was doing any singing. I don't even know if she's verbal, but she was sure signing away. Her lips weren't moving, whether she's verbal or not, but she was just a bouncing and a signing. And and I remember really noticing her and thinking, wow, how how beautiful it was that regardless, she was a big part of it and practically leading us, even though I saw that she was copying somebody else. You know, I mean, it just was it was just really gorgeous, and then. Parents, I just have to describe it for people that weren't there. Parents were dancing. You know, you were doing La Bamba, and, <laughs> and so they're dancing. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. You know, that's the most rewarding thing about the group for me is the fact that I've had to do almost nothing to energize the families. They bring that energy themselves, you know. And I, I feel like I get the energy you know i'm they're giving to me more than the other way around and they bring most of the good ideas uh, like uh i think uh except for yeah i think two of the songs that we did yesterday are songs that they wanted to do and most of our repertoire are songs that they want to do and they bring they bring some really good ideas in well it was so nicely I've balanced to, i've learned to just say yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, that's it. one learning. That's one learning you got from it. So tell me, I always like close to the end of my interview with somebody to ask this very beautiful question. What do you want to share? When you think about what you've gained, as, and you've got a lot of life experience, I mean, of a parent of a special needs child that you've lost and, um, and your wife, and, and then being a part of this group, so when you think of all that and you have to isolate it into one most important lesson, what would you think other people should know that you've learned that might make their lives easier? Now, my audience is mostly parents and professionals that deal with um, autistic people, whether they're old or young or low-functioning or high-functioning. That's kind of our group. So what would you like to share with them? That's a really hard question for me, um, uh, but um, I think um, I'd have to say that, um, you know, reflecting on when I was asked to do this, you know, even situations that seem to be uh, very difficult and trying often turn out to be opportunities for something really wonderful to blossom. This is this, um, I really wasn't sure I wanted to do it at all, but I felt I couldn't, um, I just couldn't say no. And what I discovered to, you know, to my everlasting delight, you know, is that um, uh, this is almost the best thing I get to do. It's the most fun I have, you know. I play music with professional musicians. Um, uh, I played, I played for years in a big band you know, with really, really good players and everything, but I, I don't get as much satisfaction, um, musically even, and, and from a human standpoint either, um, in, in those situations as I do working with these clients and their families. It's just, it's just been a wonderful opportunity. And so I guess what I'm saying is... Um, when you're presented with an opportunity, do the best you can with it, and uh, you might be surprised at, at, uh, the, at what, what blossoms. 
That's actually very awesome. And I'm going to help close off our interview with um, with Laming's words again because I like the way she said, they do not choose to isolate. They do not choose to self-blame. They do not choose to complain. They do not choose to give up. They choose instead to advocate for their children, to walk with their children hand in hand, to make things happen and to make things possible. And I think that's, you're both saying the same thing, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, is, would you like to plug your group so that people can maybe hire you in for a, an event or something? Would oh. you like to tell people how to find you? Oh, I don't know about that. If if people are interested in my group, uh, they can contact uh, Asian Community Mental Health Services in Oakland and ask about All Together Now. And okay. uh, you know we play we play the church circuit basically. <laughs> well, that's a good circuit to play. And we play a couple Christmas parties every year, and we're playing uh, another event at a Mother's Day celebration at a church in San Leandro uh, next month. Awesome, and, uh, awesome. Well, I hope I hope you guys end up with this enormous career. <laughs> It was a wonderful event, and I, I really am so happy that I got to watch you and hear your group and uh, just to know you and, and to invite you on the show. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. All right, folks. Okay, okay, okay. It's time for the great guest giveaway. And today we have a wonderful other part of the show that I was on yesterday. I I just loved everybody that was at this event, and I've never done this before where I just said, okay, everybody that was at the event, let's, let's do another event. Let's do my show. Um, and so you've now heard from Michael McCarthy about the group that uh, performed first, and we're following them, and before me, was uh, Greg Milk, who we're about to talk to. And here's what's really cool. So first of all, Greg is somebody that, uh, you know that person you're supposed to meet that everybody's always telling you you should meet and that, you know, you at some point maybe exchange a couple of emails or Facebook, you know, connects or whatever, but you never ever do meet. And then finally, finally, finally it happens years later that you meet. Okay, that's Greg (laughs) Milk. (laughs) We were always supposed to meet and all our friends know it, you know, know it and keep telling me that. And uh, and so finally I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be at this thing together, and uh, he's going to perform before me, and this is awesome. So, yes, it was awesome. So he, he, you know, he's got an enormous story. He can tell you whatever piece of it he wants to, but certainly he's got his foot in the door of autism because he's got kids with it. And, uh, and he's got this song that he went out and did. Now, first of all, he didn't go up there all you know, professional and all on his own and all like that. He went up there like the rest of us do that are dealing with this, professional but with our kids in tow. So so the beauty of these events is always, you know, it's Autism Awareness Month, so we have to do something for this. But it's always the beauty is when I bring my kids, and I, I have a feeling you might feel the same way. So this is Greg Milk. Greg Milk is an option process mentor counselor, um, Mm -hmm. and he is a great rap singer, apparently. So thank you for being here, Greg. It's wow. You, I sound better coming out of your mouth than out of my own. Like I thought I was my biggest fan or close to it, but that was really a wonderful intro. Thank you. Well, thank you, but I I think you might have a few other fans after yesterday. (laughs) That was really good. 
Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. It was fun. I was I was going to do a status update yesterday and said something along the lines of if you if you say that you don't have uh, control issues, then come to an autism event where autistic people on the spectrum are going to be performing. You know what I'm saying? Or in the room, and uh-huh. you know. And that it was I thought about that. I didn't want to take anything away from from Jody's event, but that was definitely the thing. Like I basically loved it because I love the unpredictability of us. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. When I say us, I'm talking about me and the goats. And you know, I have an acronym for my kids: goats, the gifted oracles of abstract thinking. And, oh, I love uh, it. See, I, this is why your song is so great. That kind of putting together of thoughts and words. And yeah. say that again: gifted oracles of abstract thinking right yeah that's yeah that's the term for a goat and also too because i'm herding them everywhere it's like i'm a sheep herder you know what i'm saying I, <laughs> you know let's go let's go over here let's go over here come on come on, come on let's go over here let's go over here you got your arms out you know come on come on let's go over here oh don't go there don't go there you know and it's a synonym for kids yeah, well, first kids, of all, you have so, to tell them how many kids you have and describe your, so they can get a picture of what of what you're sheep, sheep herding <laughs> um i have four kids total um, an 18-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And um, the 18-year-old we adopted when we were when she was 8 years old, and the 2-year-old we just recently adopted. So the two kids that Isis and I, my wife and I, made um, are the are the spectrum ones. And so, um, and my 18-year-old has a different type of a special need, and it just has to do with being a teenager. They need to diagnose that, but that's a whole other type of you know. It's interesting, like the same type yeah, of thing. But you grow out of that one. <laughs> exactly. I think, I hope so. I don't know, you know, but there, there is that, that, uh, that whole element and piece. So, but, yeah, we have four children total, and we have a dog named Bailey. Um, oh, there you go. And um, so, yeah, that's, um, that's kind of, that's our, those are the, the kids slash goats that I'm herding, H-E-R-D-I-N-G. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you you have two possibilities on this great guest giveaway spot. Um, one is I'm I'm offering up your song because you sent it over to me, and I'm going to play it for people. I'm going to get you to talk about it a little first, though. Um, okay. But the other is because you – are you actively doing dialogues? Would you like to talk about that a little because, you know, my audience yeah. may not know about that. Well, yeah, I am actually. I, um, just, I've been actually a quote-unquote life coach slash mentor – since I want to say like 1999, 2000, but as far as being an option process mentor, I just graduated in January. I mean, um, what are you not January, but like you know, the month of January. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, I am. I'm averaging probably right now. I'm doing about six six dialogues a week. And um, do your listeners know about the option process? No, I think you should tell them. I mean, I I was also certified in that. I don't know if you know that or not, but I have. Right, I did. Uh, yeah, I did know of, that. I just didn't know if you were talking about it, if you spoke about it. On yeah, I've already talked about it, and I think you should share with them what it is. Um, well, my my little piece of story, I guess you could say, is originally I went to the um, Autism Treatment Center of America looking for help. We're looking for a way to reach and contact, connect my, with my autistic kids and through the Sunrise program. So that was my first exposure to, to, the, um, to Sheffield, Massachusetts, and, you know, and Bears and Ron Kaufman, um, you know, through the Miracle Continues and all that. So I'm go, I went and did that for, you know, a couple of years, and I ran, you know, two 
um, sunrise programs here at the house. But over that period of time, I began to understand and realize that the process, the auction process, was a prerequisite to the Sunrise program. So basically, I went to go, originally, I'll just break it down. I went to go fix my kids, not understanding that it was me that really needed to be fixed, that the kids are five, and that it's me that needed to be fixed, so to speak. And so also being able to use the tools that you use with your kids on yourself and as a, you know, being able to find out what you believe and how you feel and whether you're uncomfortable or not uncomfortable with just things in life, I took a step back and I'm like, wow, this is a life issue. This is not necessarily about autism. This is about how you can deal with your, uh, the choice to be comfortable, how you want to be in the world, how you want to show up. It's up to you. And no longer, which if you want to be free from being a victim, then you can begin to release yourself by making the own choices that you want to make. So that was captivating and powerful for me. And so I then went over to the other side of the, of the program. Went over to the other side. <laughs> the other side. It's got, for the people who don't know, there um, the option, uh, this is, you know, it's, We'd have to get a, a huge history on it, but uh, very quickly, uh, years ago, a couple has a child that's autistic, and they decide to do it different, and he comes off the spectrum, and they sort of uh, become a center eventually that helps other people learn how to do it, and it kind of separates into two things, down the hill and up the hill. Up the hill is more bears, and talk, which is the, the dad or the man, and uh, talking to everyone and helping them to uh, deal with their lives as adults, and, and we have those adult programs, and then down the hill is the mom, and she creates sort of what they call sunrise and uh, teach people how to be with their kids and how to help autistic kids to grow and change and be all that they can be and, and other, other disabilities as well, but it's primarily for autism. And, uh, and so when I made the joke and I said the other side, sometimes if you're a part of this community, you do have these jokes, up the hill, down the hill, the other side. Right? And so it was a, a kind of an inside joke, and I had to fill you in on it. Sorry. Go on, Craig. No, you're doing good. I, like, I was going to run over it that fast, but I wasn't really sure how to, how exquisite to be. But, it's, but the bottom line is they, uh, the opportunity for me to become a life coach to ask people Socrates-type questions about what they're going through, what they're feeling. You know what I mean? And so it's, mm-hmm. it's like most of the counseling that's out there is very directed, meaning, you know, I'll tell you what I think is wrong with you and what you need to do, whereas as an option process mentor, you believe that the person that's got the issue, quote-unquote, that they are their own self-expert. So I, quote-unquote, counsel them ask the questions. I don't have an agenda of any kind. Um, and I just want to just, you know, so that you want to get clarity, you can. And I believe that that is inside yourself. And, right. uh, it's and, and I, I, I think a nice way maybe for people who haven't been exposed to it to think of it is with cognitive behavior therapy, which is a very known therapy, you, um, you give cognitive reframes. So you teach people how to look at something differently, how to, how to say, right. wow, instead of seeing this uh, traffic as frustrating, I'll see it as fascinating. It's fascinating. Right. Right? <laughs> but right. with um, the dialogue process, you allow the person to make their own discovery of how to do that right. cognitive reframe. So rather than direct them to it, you facilitate their ability to find their own reframe. Uh, would that be an easy? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. 
That's okay. I was just I, I was just getting your if you feel like I represented that well enough. Yeah, I was just thinking you did a wonderful job, and I think that and this is this is you know you're the producer director like creator of the show. If we did another one like where we spent all the time because I'm trying to like fast forward and I'm also trying not to be you know I'm trying to be sensitive to um, the the to the subject matter. Um, that could be kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? If we could just do it, do the whole thing about option or whatever, what I do another time. But I want to run over to get to the piece where me understanding that there was nothing wrong with my children and that I had the ability to accept them where they were is mm-hmm. the biggest piece that was the, of the option process that enabled me or released me to write the Autism Awareness Avengers song because the song is primarily about acceptance and um, about, about acceptance not only of, of who I am as their father and, you know, being not judgmental of myself, blaming myself, oh, I made these children autistic because of my past behavior or whatever. Um, just, you know, it is what it is. And also accepting my kids where they are, where they are. Um, that was the biggest thing because it's interesting. I had, our, our family was dealing with autism like eight years prior to me writing the song. It's interesting to me when I wrote it that I'd never written anything, and I write rap songs all the time. Like, I, I, I'm a rap dude. I'm, I'm a freestyle. I'm a battler. I do it all. And the funny thing is interesting how God's funny. Like, I never touched autism. I never touched writing about it. And um, I met this woman um, over in Australia that I was really um, fascinated by. She's the Autism Awareness Angels, and her name is Brooke Clark. And I was just really proud of her as to how brave she was. Like, because she, according to American standards, she's on the racy side. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she has an autistic child herself. I didn't know this, but the first impression, and this shows you how, human that all of us can be. The first time I saw her, I was like, wow, I don't see, you know, autism in someone that looks like they work for Hooters. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's mm-hmm. very scanning. Mm-hmm. No, very I get that. She gets just scanning. Now, when, I mean, I mean not, when you're driving down the road, you see a billboard, and you see a billboard of a woman bathing suit on, and, you know, with blonde hair, you're thinking, oh, that must be a Hooters, you know, kind of a thing. You don't think autism. But right. it does get the, the public attention. So when I realized, oh, wow, she's, a, you know, she's representing autism, and I was like, man, I just congratulate her. I was like, yo, thank you, like, for being you and not, you know, switching it up or whatever. So we struck up a relationship. I asked her how to help her, and she said, yo, she saw this movie, 8 Mile, and she was like, we really need a theme song for Autism Awareness Angels. And I was like, she's like, do you know anybody that could write? And I was like, that would be a good sound for me. It wasn't, there was no investment in it for me. And so I was like, I'll do it for you. I'll write a song for you. You know what I'm saying? No problem. You know what I mean? And I wrote it. And originally the song was, I'm an autism awareness angel, making sure my wings protect the different and the stranger than. Originally, that's how the song, I wrote it for them. And... But when I looked at the content of what I wrote, I'm like, oh, my God, this song is not a theme song for them. It's just everybody. This is an autism, like, anthem. This is an anthem that bridges the gap between people who do not know about autism, and it's a song for us who are on the spectrum. I'm saying family members and kids with autism. 
Yep. This song is a, I mean, I'm serious, and I'm not saying it because I wrote it. Like, it's no, I, I love the lyrics, I'm, and I'm going to share them with everybody. They're going to hear the song. Um, because I have to edit it in, we won't be able to listen to it together, yeah. but well, well, we both have heard it. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, yeah. the lyrics are fantastic. Yeah, it's, I mean, I remember feeling as a father, like, man, I would love somebody to sing something like this because it, 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 I feel known by the song. I feel like you see me out here. You know what I'm saying? As a father, that song makes me feel seen, felt, heard, understood, and, <clears throat> and, and um, uh, reached out toward. And then I actually also looked at the song from somebody from a perspective of somebody who's checked out and has no idea about what autism is. They don't, they right. might, you know, and that might, which is why I use the things about, you know, Temple Grandin and Rain Man. It's funny. Yeah, no, it's, it's just great. Like, Stop giving away the lyrics. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So we're we're almost out of time. So what I want you to do is tell people how they can find you, and then I'm going to get you to describe what they should be doing with their hand while they listen. So that way I can go straight from your description as a sort of setup to the song, uh, to the song, and then I'll be closing my show. So first, how do people find you? Most important, I mean, the, the, the hub of everything that I do is on Facebook. You can find me as Greg Milk. I'm, I think I'm the only one. I'm the only Greg Milk on um, I'll put a Facebook. link to you as well. Yeah, put a link. Um, yeah, I mean, and, I, and I'm just, yeah, I'm, that's everything that is attached to me of all the different things that I do. Autism Awareness of Dangers, the, you know, my, my, the name of my practice for, for mentoring is called This is Life Support. And that is something that I love doing is supporting people's lives, you know what I'm saying? So I do that for people who have autism and don't have autism or whatever. Whatever you need life, whatever you need support in your life about, I'm here for you, you know what I'm saying? I'll do that. Um, also with juicing, and I, I do juicing, detox consults, all of that. So go to Facebook and type in Greg Milk, Greg Milk, and you'll see the bald-headed black dude with the earrings with the big cheesy <laughs> smile, you know what I'm saying, the big cheesy grin um, to greet um, and as far as the hand side is concerned, um, make the number the, uh, um, uh, the, the number five with your hand, with your five fingers, and then turn it into a four. Tuck your thumb in to where it's four. Okay, so, so we're holding four it, fingers up. Four fingers up, and then you turn it upside down. Point those fingers to the ground, and now you are representing the autism awareness Avengers. The first two fingers make an A, the second and the third finger make an A, and the third and the fourth finger make an A, Autism Awareness Avenger. And it's and a really a, cool way to move your hand while the song's on, guys. It really is. It really is. You can, like, when it comes on, you can just lift your hand up. You can just point those fingers that are to, to the floor up and down. Just move your whole arm with it, wave it back and forth. But that this is a sign, actually, that we're going to begin a campaign so we want the United States of America, we want the world to be given this hand sign to one another. Because my vision is when you're in a park or if you're in a place and you see something that you're not sure about, to show somebody that you're there and you care and if you want to help, that, that sign would be something like, yo, I'm aware. I'm aware and I'm on your team. Either I have a kid with autism or I'm sympathetic. And even do you need help? You know what I'm saying? Do you want me to come fit with you? Like, that's what that whole thing is. Because people don't really know how to approach a family with autism, they don't really know. You know what I'm saying? They don't really know what to do. And I want this hand sign to be something that's just kind of a, a universal thing of acceptance and an offer to help or whatever. 
That's that's awesome. That's an awesome idea. Okay, everybody, I'm not only going to play this song, but this is a great guest giveaway. So first person to send me an email, mom, number four, evermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O, dot com, and say Autism Avenger, or Autism Awareness Avenger, right? Yep, that's it. You got it. You get it that song for free and everyone else you have to pay for it you can get it um is it on amazon or cd baby or where is it it's on um it's on google plus and it's also on itunes okay all right so if you don't if you don't get the giveaway guys you can still get the song all right and here it is Awareness Avenger Making sure that I protect the different The stranger than I'm an autism Awareness Avenger It's good cause I'm cool with the unique behavior I'm an autism Awareness Avenger Will you accept me? Cause I accept you I'm an autism Awareness Avenger Cause a view from the spectrum is a better point of view at hand, are you aware of autism and that it affects one in 110 children? This goes past seeing the movie Rain Man or Jenny McCarthy or Temple Grandin. A word when heard can leave a family devastated, exhausted, hopeless, lonely, and isolated. A social disorder. Not only kids get it, when you get the diagnosis, the whole family gets it. I'm giving you a place in your mind where you can put the unique behaviors and lose the strange looks. If I reach out to you when this hits home, then maybe you can reach out so they won't feel so alone. Mandated to educate and eliminate the ignorance. For sure, find a cure. In the meantime, make a difference. Open our eyes, wake up and realize, and don't judge. Show that you care if you're aware and just show love. I'm an autism awareness avenger. Making sure that I protect the different, the stranger than I'm an autism awareness avenger. It's good, cause I'm cool with the unique behavior. I'm an autism awareness avenger. Will you accept me? Cause I accept you. I'm an autism awareness avenger. Cause a view from the spectrum is a better point of view. You ever been in public and say a grocery store and seen that parent trying to get their kid up off the floor? Or maybe you've seen kids rock, hands flapping, with no headphones on, but like the beat was slapping. Or maybe you offer them a toy from the shelf, but they just want to line up Thomas trains all by themselves. You may say a phrase to them, some say the phrase back, but most of my peeps won't give you eye contact. I'm here to enlighten you on these delightful children, to not be alarmed, they just process different, accepting them, joining in with them, it's a good direction toward bonding with them, you give the green light, then there's connection, autism, it's a challenge, it ain't a curse, if you ignore it, then isolation surely will make it worse, when people don't know nothing, then nothing's what they do, I'm happily autistically aware, cause I got two, hey yo, I'm an autism, awareness avenger, making sure that I protect the different, the stranger than, I'm an autism, awareness avenger, it's good, cause I'm cool with the unique behavior, I'm an autism, Awareness Avenger, will you accept me? Cause I accept you. I'm an autism. Awareness Avenger, cause the view from the spectrum is a better point of view. And that is the song that I had to follow. So here I am at this show, and first we have the Asian 
community choir, uh, and then we have the Autism Awareness Avengers, and then I have to take the stage and talk and make a difference and pull it together somehow. And all I could think of was, you know, first of all, I'm the keynote, so I'm going to be up here a lot longer than everyone else, and I have to be more interesting than they were. <laughs> but you got to let go of that stuff, right? Um, but we were at an autism awareness event, and usually what you do is you go out there and you tell everybody, you know, what's wrong and what needs to be changed, and you try to be entertaining about it. In fact, they were calling me the edutainer. I think I'm going to grab on to that. Um, but instead, I found myself going, wow, I, I think we are being modeled for today that everybody is modeling what it is we're trying to teach. And there's not much point to trying to put words to something that we can just actually watch unfold. So with that in mind, it is time for Stories from the Road. And the story is about yesterday. (laughs) I was on the road doing that event. I take the stage, right? And the first thing I realize is I have to change this so completely because I cannot walk in these people's shoes. (laughs) So I don't take the front of the stage. I say, hey, everybody, I'm going to walk over here on the side, and you're going to have to turn your heads. And, you know, just to be different, to be more lively, lots of energy, lots of room to walk. And I start to tell them the story about Elvis Presley and how I was first introduced to autism. And, you know, I tell that story often when I'm on stage. So that was fine but while I was I was sort of buying time <laughs> because I was like how can I top or even improve upon what has already happened here and so I'm telling this story about Elvis and the change of habit it's a movie and um, it was the, my first introduction to autism and in the movie Elvis is a doctor and Mary Tyler Moore is a nun and you know I've always wanted to be a missionary and I have a crush on Elvis and he sings and I like to sing so it's a perfect movie for me as a child and um, there's a child in the movie that's apparently autistic because he's been you know abandoned by parents and, and those days that's the type of thing they thought that that would cause autism and so I tell the story, and, you know, it goes on to the point where they're trying to cure this child, and, and Elvis um, decides to do holding therapy. And, of course, I tell it in a funny way, and it's, you know, I act it out, and I do all these things, and it's very dramatic. And then the, Elvis holds on to her, and she screams and screams and screams, and he holds her and holds her, and then all of a sudden she's normal. And that's kind of how the movie goes, and it's close to the beginning, because now they have to get a romance going between <laughs> between. Mary Tyler Moore and Elvis Presley, and the child was probably stealing all the screen time. But um, while I was telling that story, I was thinking, you know, what will we do with this? How do we, sure, this is fun and dramatic, what I'm, I'm sharing right now, but how do I take this and turn it into something, and originally I was thinking bigger than what came before me, because that's kind of your job when you're following And by the end of the story, I realized that that wasn't my job. And it's never really been my job. That my job was to highlight 
and ensure that people perceived what had happened in front of them. And often people don't. So I thought, never mind all this. So I did my little dramatic thing, and I I told my story, and it was funny, and everybody was entertained or edutained. Um, And then basically I just said, you know what? We're here for autism awareness, but the majority of the audience is attached to this choir, whether they're in it, whether they're related to it, whether they're friends of it. They are already aware. They're aware in a way that I would really love to see spread. Once I wrote a a post on Facebook saying, bring them out, because usually I'm the only person at the grocery store, at the movie theater, at the play. Um, I'm the only person I see with the disabled person on my arm, or at least an autistic one. And I want to see them out in the community. And I want to see them having meltdowns and then getting over those meltdowns and having community around them say, hey, no problem. You know, can I hold your jacket while you help your child? I want to see us not hide them away. And here was this group showing us exactly what I want to see. So me becoming bigger and louder than them was wrong. So... In this story from the road, I'm going to tell you that sometimes my story isn't the important one. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, a.k.a. The Brain Bro. This is a new spin on autism answers. Thank you for being here, because without you, I'd just be talking to myself. And remember, this is April. Be aware. Autism aware. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.